Well, good day, everyone. Welcome, Welcome back, back to the Extras. Extras. My name is Jack. And I'm Raj. And I'm Raj, everyone. Uh, Thank you for tuning in, in, everyone. Good, good to have you back. Raj. This is our, our first podcast Second of the year, Raj. So it's, it's, it's wonderful yeah, to be look, getting I'm back okay. into this. It's, and it's been a while, so can you just check in for all the listeners um, out there? How are you doing? How are things with you as we get into February, get into Vision Month? It's been an exciting time at St. Paul's. Look, it's been an exciting I love reading the Connect cards on a Monday morning. And, yeah, I just... You know, inspired by the gospel and the sacrifices that Jesus made that really should propel us mm. and can just see great enthusiasm across our church Yeah, for that end. Fantastic, yeah. yeah. I got to be at North Rocks on Sunday morning and it was exciting to see many people back. I think every week at church at the moment there's more people back in person, which is just a wonderful thing. We understand there's all sorts of reasons people are staying away, but to see more and more people com- confident and comfortable to be there, yeah, it's just wonderful to be back with church family and see kids running around and enjoying kids church yeah it's exciting to get to do all that as we think about these big picture things about what god would have us do yeah it's a wonderful time yeah if that's some good questions coming in uh worth saying we, we haven't had question times on sundays the past couple of weeks uh, i think in a, you know there's, there's a lot of things we're talking about and there's not always time but we are always keen to get to the extras we are having a question time in a couple of weeks in a big yeah, way so yeah, there'll be a yeah. chance to really get stuck into some of your questions about all of this this vision stuff we've got a few questions to tackle on the podcast which is great uh We'll get straight into it. Uh, kind of a light one to start. Raj, someone's asked, how do you spell sacrificially? Thank you. <laughs> Someone has noticed one of the other typos um, on the back cover <laughs> on the vision book. Uh, but can I just say, if, if, if you're looking at the soft copy online from the website, um, those typos have been corrected. So, <laughs> yeah. I think we got it right there. Yeah. It is such a hard thing. I mean, lots of effort. You know, so many people proofreading and it's you know, so easy for something to slip through the cracks and yeah. you're looking you're like, ah, oh. I always feel really sorry when I'm reading, you know, a published book and you find a, a typo in the book and you think, <laughs> man, like, I'm sure dozens of people proofread this and now this is just going to sit on library shelves for hundreds of years with a typo, like, you know, I'm sure, yeah, I feel bad for them at that point. The way I think of this, <laughs> look, if, if there's three typos in a book that's, you know, 40 pages or something, not that, a bad that's effort. not bad. That's right, that's yeah. Not bad. Thank you. All right. More seriously, uh, one person has asked, uh, Raj, how does the most of your talk relate to the story that you told us from the start? So your illustrations, it was a, it was a great moment. You, you told us the story of the, the letter from the teenage girl. It was a, a fun time, yeah. Um, someone's asking, how does that connect to the rest of the things yeah, you're saying? Yeah, thank you for the question. Look, the point is, um, it is very easy and hard for us to keep perspective. Mm. And I think there was a, a light-hearted way it was <laughs> Tension was for it to be lighthearted, but I did see some nerves. Yeah, um, just it was palpable. Bit. Yeah, congratulations, I'll You can feel it. It's like, where, where is this going, right? Like, yeah, that's yeah. it. But of course, the whole point of a daughter's letter was trying to encourage the mother to keep perspective. Mm. You know, could be worse. Could be, yeah. Things could be a lot worse. Mm. And I think in the Christian life, well, we know it in the Christian life, the same is true. We can get distracted, we can get carried away, we can lose sight and perspective of God's good plan and purposes for us. Mm. And Jesus, in this, the, the great commandments and also the great commission, but the great commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbour as yourself. Yeah. And so I tried to come at that a few different ways. So one was the perspective with the letter. The other was just the, you know, the cricket coach's words. The main thing is to keep make sure that the main thing remains the main thing. <laughs> um, and I think he more, more, made that a few more main things in the whole thing. Yeah. But all of that, just in every sphere of life, it's so easy to get distracted. Mm. And, and what I was trying to do on Sunday with God's help was just to 
bring us back to those words. Yeah, and it is so striking how Jesus gives us that priority because it, it's, it's, it's all-encompassing, isn't it? I think he helped us see that. Uh, we have a question that's come in about that, so uh, particularly the first of the two commands, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Someone has texted in, what's the difference between our heart and our mind in that verse? Yeah. This person asking, is heart about our feelings in the New Testament? Yeah, yeah, heart and mind, how do those words relate? Yeah, thank you. And look, Jack, you, you I'm sure, have some thoughts on this as well. Um, but, but at a very simple level, the modern-day distinctions we have between heart and mind didn't exist in the times that the Bible was written. Mm. Those things, distinctions came along in later philosophy and have carried through in our psyche and thinking and so on. Um, and 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 so I think this is just Jesus' way of, well, it, sorry, not I think it, it it is Jesus' way of just saying it impacts everything. Mm. And and yeah, you're looking up something else. You're you're taking <laughs> us back to Deuteronomy. Sure, yeah. Um, I it's interesting to think about. I think what you said is totally right. And I think it's you know to go even a little more complex. I think there's a bit of a distinction even between. Old Testament and New Testament about how those words come out. So if you look at the words Jesus quotes come from Deuteronomy 6, uh, Deuteronomy 6 verse 5 in the NIV says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. So in that verse, mind doesn't even get a look in. Yeah. And in the Hebrew way of talking about those words, there, there is like a huge amount of overlap, particularly between heart and soul. And it is translated mind sometimes. Um, in the New Testament, in the, the Greek way of looking at things, I think the mind does take on a bit more of a distinct kind of picture and you sort of you know you see that in greek culture like you know the plato and aristotle like they're obviously a big thinking culture so i think mind does bring a bit more of a kind of mental component within the new testament but even then like you know jesus is quoting these words as a jewish person reflecting all the old testament thought so i think there is a huge amount of overlap between between heart and mind if there is a distinction i think heart's bigger like i think that yeah. mind does focus on more on you know how we think and how our our, our thought life uh has God at the centre, but heart is much bigger. Heart is, you know, who we are in the core of our being. It's it's a it's a real big picture, whole kind of existence, you know, heart and feelings and mind and all that together I think is captured up in heart. So really big picture word. Yeah, that's how I understand Yeah, it. and 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 so the way Jesus puts it, he just he wants to be all encompassing mm. and capture all of those you know, all of those things. So yeah, that's so. I didn't get into some of those, you know, yeah. distinctions, and you've been really helpful, Jack. There's a, there certainly is a particular connotation in the Hebrew, mm. which has developed in Greek culture a little bit. Yeah, um, and in other places in the New Testament, you do see that distinction just a little bit more clearly. But Jesus here is quite deliberately bringing it all together. Yeah. So if you if your question is like, how do we kind of compartmentalize this and chop it up into which are the bits of me that I'm meant to love God with? Like that's clearly not the point. Like Jesus yeah. is saying. All of you, like the whole of your being is meant to be devoted to the Lord and love. So it all works together, I think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, helpful. We have one more question today, and it is quite a big one. Uh, so I think it's good for us to have a bit of time to chew over it. Uh, someone's pointed us back to the Great Commission. So the end of Matthew 28, which is, uh, you did mention on Sunday, and uh, we were focusing on in a much bigger way the Sunday before. So, I mean, just a reminder for us, Matthew 28, those wonderful words at the end of Matthew's Gospel where Jesus gives his marching orders to us as his disciples. Uh, he says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. 
We've had someone who's texted in a question about uh, the word baptism in this context. So I'll read the question. Uh, someone's texted in saying, could you please explain the meaning of baptizing in this context? My understanding of baptizing here is it's not referring to the baptism ceremony, but the fact that the believer's old self is buried with Christ and raised to new life in the authority of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Could you give us some more insight and clarification? Uh, and this person adds, I guess some believers may doubt whether they've maybe done the wrong thing for not being baptized after soon turning to Christ. Yeah, thank you. Very helpful question. So glad and love doing the extras for this reason. We get great questions like this we can reflect on. Yeah. In this context, and it's hard to Sunday sermon, you limit the time and, and so on. Mm. Um, so I, I just, I love this question. And, and I think what I said when I came across this in the last week or two, I didn't want to get into the debate on that because yeah. that's what, that's the debate. That's right. Yeah. You know, is this Matthew 28 baptism talking about water baptism or spiritual baptism? Mm. And different people, you know, go in different ways. My own conviction is very much as expressed in the question. Um, and that is the emphasis is talking about a spiritual baptism. Mm. Now, my reason for that, um, if you have your Bible there, um, I'll, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. And what's happening here is Jesus is baptizing people in water, yeah. in the Jordan River. My son, Jordan, likes this kind of idea, being baptized <laughs> in the Jordan River. Baptized into the Jordan, um, wow, yeah. And, and you know, today, for those of you who have gone on tours of Israel and so on, they try to work out the spot and you can get to it from Israel but also from Jordan and the, there, there's the spot um, supposedly anyway Matthew 3 verse 11 I baptize you with water for repentance Jesus says but after me comes one who is more powerful than I whose sandals I am not worthy to carry he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire and it goes on mm. now I think I'm right to say that then, you know, we see verse 13, Jesus came, he himself was baptized. Yeah. Um, and then the next reference to baptism in Matthew's gospel is Matthew 28. I can neither confirm nor deny, but that sounds right. Um, yeah. And the expectation we're given, you know, the one who comes after me is more powerful than I, whose sandals I... Jesus' baptism, mm. the expectation we're given, is that's going to be a baptism with the Spirit and fire. Um, that's what we're seeing in Matthew 28. Yeah, interesting. Um, now, I, I um, Donald Robinson, I think, some of you will know her name, has written an article on this. Mm. And essentially that's what he says, that when we come to Matthew 28 in the context of Matthew's Gospel, we're ready for this. Baptism with the Spirit. Yeah. Which is what's been talked about, which and it's in the question, the significance is the 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 dying, the old life dying, the new, the new. so there's there's what ends up. Yeah. Now that's my conviction, mm. but I just want to acknowledge and respect other people don't go that way. Yeah. Other people and the argument the other way is um, so many references, particularly in the gospels when it's talking about baptism, it's talking about water baptism. And so I just want to acknowledge and respect that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would call myself someone who goes the other way. So Cool. Know, well, tell it, us the other way, yeah, Jack. Given it's the extras, you know, um, give me the chance to um, push back as well. Um, I, I certainly think that Jesus has come to baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. Um, 
I still think that Matthew is talking about, sorry, that Jesus is talking about water baptism in Matthew 28, though. Um, I think primarily because you look at what Jesus says in Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them. And then you look at what the apostles actually do in Acts, and the first thing you see them go out and do is just go out and start baptizing people with water. And you see on Acts 2, the Holy Spirit comes, and I think that is, that's the baptism with the Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit rushes on the apostles at Pentecost, so Jesus has poured out the Spirit, he has baptized his church in the Spirit. And then what Peter says is, so to the people in Jerusalem, repent and be baptized, and they go down to the water and they get dunked. And you see Philip with the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8, and it's really clear that, you know, who would keep water from this man from being baptized? So I think what you see the apostles go out and do is preach the gospel, the Spirit comes and Jesus baptizes them in that way, and then people are baptized in water. So I think that, um, yeah, in my view, I think that's how the word baptism is used most of the time. You know, when Paul talks about, you know, he went to Corinth, he didn't baptize lots of people, he baptized a few. Like, I think he's talking about water baptism. I think that's the, um, the most natural way to take it because that's what you see them go and do all the way throughout Acts. And I guess where people get nervous about that is, well, does that mean that, you know, if I haven't been baptized with water, I'm sort of disobeying Jesus' command? And, like, to be very honest, and I want to be partially careful about this, but I, I think that the right thing to do when we hear the gospel and believe it is, yeah, to be baptized with water. I think that Jesus is commanding us to do that. And it's kind of strange sometimes when, you know, there, there are people who, you know, have been a Christian for their whole lives and suddenly realize, oh, like, I've never been baptized with water. Like, at one level, it's a, you know, it's a symbol and it's, and it's a sign and it's not the the reality, like the reality, yes, like we've been plunged into Jesus and united with him in his death and raised with him in his life. But the picture of baptism is something that's meant to be the sort of external outward like sign and um, seal of that new covenant we've been brought into. So I think that baptism with water is quite important. And if you're listening and you're not a, sorry, you are a Christian, you have never been baptized, my encouragement would be, yeah, I think you should be baptized with water because I think that's the, the normal thing that Christians have done in response to these words throughout the ages yeah that's my view yeah so in the context of just the extra this is a great discussion oh i'd love it yeah um would you say jack if someone has not been baptized that they're not a christian i wouldn't say that no i mean i think it's we're not we're not saved uh by being baptized by being baptized with water like i wouldn't say that it's the condition upon which our salvation is founded or anything like that like you know we are saved by the blood of Jesus. Um, I think it's more an issue of obedience. Yeah. So in the same way that you might say, well, if there's someone who's a Christian who doesn't go to church ever, uh, are they a Christian? Again, it's a question that's really worth reflecting on. Like, yeah. I don't think you are saved by rocking up to church on Sundays, but yeah. if you are a Christian, then you listen to the words of Jesus and you gather with other Christians and gather around him and his word. That's just part of what Christians do. Yeah. And so for someone who is a Christian to not be baptized like i don't think we're saying like oh you have to be baptized if you want to be saved but if you are saved you should be baptized because that's a yeah i think it's a matter of christian obedience rather than like a foundational we are saved by it kind of thing this is a a really good discussion for the extras um Mm. for me i think i would um now i I need to be careful not to be heard to be saying don't be baptized because i actually (laughs) think I want people to. I mm. think in, in recent... We've talked about this, Jack. Yeah. I think in, in recent decades, we've actually come full, side, um, full circle round and we haven't valued the place of baptism mm. in the way that... You know, people in the first century, they got baptised to declare to the Lord that they're following Jesus. Mm. And we now... It's so tempting for many of us 
to want to hide our Christianity. Yeah. I, I think I want to encourage people and parents, you know, having children and so on. And I think it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Mm. Um, however, I wouldn't quite go so far as you do. Yeah. And that is, I wouldn't say that someone's being disobedient. And I mm. just wanted to pick up on the term. So yeah. it's not, not Christian, but mm. the obedience question. Yeah. Um, so you'd see it as a good thing to do, not a, a necessary A really good thing, thing to do, yeah. but not a necessary thing. Mm. Um, but I want to be really careful with that because <laughs> in this day and age, I, I think... I think Christians do need to be more on the front foot mm. and what a, what a wonderful thing to do. Yeah. You've come to Christ, get baptised, inviting everyone you know to come along, the most important thing in your life, mm. and so on. Um, and look, I hope this is helpful for those of you on the extras. You can see just, you know, mm. Jack and I, we love each other. Absolutely. Um, we work, right. We're very well together and yet there are just some nuances as well. Yeah, we can and, disagree about things. That's yeah, yeah. And, and you can see how just... A slightly different reading of what's happening, for example, in Matthew's Gospel, mm. then has implications for practices today and thinking yeah. today. So mm. I hope on the extras, no matter which side of that one you go on, you will just you you know you'll be able to see that process and the yeah. significance of exegesis in this way. Um, and I also hope if you listen to the extras, you'll understand why I chose to sidestep this issue in the sermon. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that is yeah. was an absolutely right call. So I'm glad yeah. you did, yeah. Because yeah. you can see how you could easily derail the main point of what the, the main point. Which is, and then our hearts yeah. and our minds, whatever the distinction might be, yeah. we get caught up on this this question. But the Great Commission, I think it's it's something, mm. there's something even more profound. It's yeah. the Great Commission conscience. That's right. It's helpful to know there, there are things that we can disagree about that are uh, that are of less importance. Like I think that yeah, the exact significance of baptism is far less important than the task Jesus has given us. Yeah. That's the thing that we can be united in as we seek to go out and share Jesus so that more people would become disciples. That's the that's the big thing. So yeah. don't let that get sidelined. Absolutely. Yeah. Like yeah. great discussion to have. Yeah, we hope that's been helpful for you. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. And Jack, this week I think you and I we're both preaching. I'm at North Rocks this week. I'm looking forward to being at North Rocks this week. That's right. You're yeah. At, um, early morning church and morning church, I think. Yes. Um and then I'm back for afternoon and night church. But So you're supposed to ask me this, but I'm going to ask you. What, what's this week about? Vision Month continues, week three. It does, yeah. This month we're, sorry, this week we're getting into Acts chapter 6, which is a wonderful little moment in the life of the early church where we see the priorities of God's people and how that shapes what they do and, and particularly how they organize themselves. We see how there's this threat that emerges to the ongoing uh, advance of the gospel in that some of the... the the widows within the community aren't getting looked after where they should. And seeing how the apostles deal with that and get other people involved in uh, caring and organizing and getting the, the, the mission kind of so that the mission of the gospel continue is, is fascinating and really helpful for us as we think about our church and, and what's going on as, as we seek to get organized in the pursuit of the mission that Jesus has given us. So don't want to say too much because there's, there's plenty more to, uh, yeah, hope that whets your appetite as we think about how are we going to work together as a church in the service of that big picture priority that God's given us. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it. I think we're also going to hear about a different one of the M's mm. um, uh, this week. I won't say which one. And we're also going to hear about a different one of the, the projects, I think, this week about the DA we've just launched. So, so very exciting. lots going on. Um, That's and right. very much like Act 6, you know, the early church just being propelled by the gospel. That's... Mm. That's us. So looking forward to joining with you all on Sunday. We'll see you then. See you then, everyone.